I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com you are listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com hello everyone hi everybody guess who's back april's back i'm back April's back. I'm back. I mean, you weren't on the last podcast at all, and I think everyone missed you. I've been, I have been out for a while, 18 days, and with a new animal, that was a lot because he's only four months old. I figured out it was about 18% of his life or something. Did you miss your baby? I did miss him, and he was a holy terror for a lot of people, but I was in the Caribbean. Someone wrote in asking if I was on a cruise. I was not on a cruise I was in Miami at a trade show for a week, busting my booty in all sorts of ways. Successful, but very uh, laborious. And then I went to the Caribbean to visit two friends that we have. Really sweet friend that uh, actually you introduced me to. That's where you met your partner, actually, that, at I their met, wedding two At their ago. wedding two years ago. And so it was a little bit of an anniversary trip. It was magical. The Caribbean magic. Welcome home. Do you miss it? Do you do you miss home? Are you happy to be home? I missed my dog for sure. Did you miss me? I missed you a lot, actually. I know. Oh, it's not like you were hesitant. About no, that. I, w- I was thinking about how fun it would have been <laughs> if you would have been there as well. Oh. And it was a great trip. Just a lot of boating and partying and relaxing. It was awesome. Sounds like a vacation. It was a full on holiday. I charged my battery. I had some really great sex. And the bummer was I had BV the whole time. That turned into a UTI. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. The BV, I've been doing some research and that is, um, I ordered boric acid um, suppositories for uh, use. I think they should be at my house today when um, I get home because um, reoccurring people that have reoccurring BV, they build up an immunity to the antibiotics because I have like this Metro gel. This isn't sexy conversation, but this is real. A lot of people. And a lot of people have BV and my BV is citrusy and it's not so into, it's not super fishy, but it's still for me, I feel very uncomfortable. And so it ended up, I didn't bring the medication with me. So I was using the, um, Femdopolis, that probiotic as a suppository and I was just sticking those which kind of kind of it works but it's not it's I mean for yeast it's infections for a, me yeah. yeast infections for me it works really really well but for BV you're dealing with it I just didn't feel sexy though a bunch because when you're when oh, your yeah. vagina feels out of balance for me I can only speak for myself I just was I was like I, my vagina doesn't smell right like I don't feel sexy and it had uh, more of a a discharge and it typically does. So that was shitty. And so BV for anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's bacterial vaginosis. And it happens when the pH of your vagina is out of whack. And it is, you know, what some people call the fish smell and it's different for everyone. Um, and if it goes untreated, it can turn into a serious infection. So it's, you need to get the good bacteria, bacteria up and the 
the bad bacteria needs to go down. So it's like an, its own ecosystem. It is. It's a complex world, my pussy. <laughs> so I just have to say that was hard overcoming, but I still had really good sex. On that note, I think that you should tell the listeners what your friend told us about castor oil. Oh, this is really important. So my friend Brianna, she has a podcast called Postpartum Stories. I've talked about it before. Amazing podcast that gives people kind of the real talk about being a parent, new or multiple. It's not like my birth story and the baby flew out of me and it and was amazing was perfect. and it was sparkly and like gems flew out of my no, vagina like, it's hard <laughs> it's hard and sometimes the shit sucks and sometimes it's great so if you are a parent or uh or going to be a parent check out postpartum stories it's on itunes however the whole reason for this interlude is because she sent me a message about the castor oil because the episode with dolly when we did the sexological body work vulva mapping uh we talk a lot about castor oil and it's used a lot in sexological body work which amy and i both have had experience with now because it does help it's sort anti-inflammatory of el- yeah. eliminate and, and it can regenerate mm-hmm. a lot of um cell growth However, for new moms or expecting moms, moms that are trying to get pregnant, it can cause miscarriages. So do not use castor oil if you are going to, or if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're going to have a baby at any point, please, please do not use castor oil. I mean, if you're going to have a baby in like a year and I use castor oil now, but I'm planning to have a baby next year, I could probably use castor oil now. I mean, just look it up or ask your doctor. Do some research. Yes. Because Uh I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. So I don't want to make any assumptions, but I just know that she, she did uh, say that she gave me a voice text that was like, April, look, by the way, I was like, oh, good to know. So note to to self. So uh, just a disclaimer out there, but yes, that was um, my, I think my experience in a nutshell, my BV episode, which turned into a UTI, which I haven't had in a long time. Shit. While you're in a bathing suit in the Caribbean. And you know what I thought about when I had the UTI? What? That I knew what my urethra looked like because I saw it in my vulva mapping session. Oh, <laughs> at least you know what it looks like now. I know what it looks like. I was like, that, damn, that urinary tract infection. <laughs> damn that thing. But I had an amazing journey. So, yeah. And what about you? You've had all sorts of amazing journeys. You went to Sex Geek Summer Camp. You wrote me a text message that was pretty cryptic slash <laughs> interesting. And I want to hear more about it, which this is a candid exchange. Amy and I have not seen each other in 18 days. 19, actually. I told you. I was like, hey. Chip, I had a PG thirteen foursome at or something at you, whatever you want to call it, at Sex Geek Summer Camp, and I found my my libido came back or something. Like yeah, that. and I was like, okay, damn, you been. And so here's the thing: long, I'm going to make this this short, but I think this speaks to a lot of our listeners. And I talked about last night in the Orgasm 101 class I taught because there was someone in there that hasn't felt their own desire in libido in years. Um, and and I also work with clients who have whatever it is, erectile stuff or whatever that is, where we get the story in our head that this is who I am now. This is my sexuality. I'm stuck. I'm broken. Um, and I've been stuck in, in this phase of not being connected to my sex drive, like the feeling of being horny. That is so rare and, and fleeting. And it's almost like a foreign language. And it's been like this ever since I had some of that, that trauma related to getting pregnant on the um, IUD and my partner leaving for two months, et cetera, et cetera, abandonment, all kinds of stuff. And so since early 2017, I've been trying to get this thing back. Hence us doing Masturbation May of us doing this. We started Masturbation May for our own practice so we could start uh, learning more about our own bodies and what our bodies like. And part of it for me was how can I cultivate my desire again and my connection to my body and my arousal 
Um, and then also working with sexological body workers. Been working. We would have one session with Dolly, who's down in L.A. If you want to learn more, if you're in L.A., go to PleasureMuse.com. And I did three sessions with River, and River is up in the Bay Area. That's riverdrosera.life if you want to learn more about that if you're in the Bay Area. And I learned so much through those hands-on bodywork sessions uh, that there is pleasure in my body, but it's very subtle. And I and I did leave those experiences feeling pleasure, arousal, desire, libido, but it was still fleeting, but I saw that it was there. So that was like the first step. Okay. I'm not broken. This, this stuff is still in me. And, uh, what coincided with all this is my partner and I broke up, uh, two months ago. You all know about this. If you've been listening to regular episodes, my partner and I have five and a half years. So I have all the spaciousness to do this work on myself. It's Amy time. I go to sex geek summer camp. Sex geek summer camp is exactly what it sounds like it's put on by read me honko he's a sex educator and it is for other sex educators or folks who are sex therapists or people who are in the human sexuality realm by day they're at the camp sitting in a workshop space learning all about how to be a better sex educator promote themselves and their business by night it's you know massage parties and cuddle parties and um, they have a playroom that has a sibian sex machine and bunny from sibian is there guiding people on how to use bunny lampert she has bunny lampert last name as me. guiding people on the sex machine i called her a uh, sibian and shaman uh, because she literally be next to you while you're riding this thing and be like keep going honey she's like you the sweetest this. southern belle too she she's has a southern amazing. accent she's a sweetheart and then and there's people in the playroom just you know all group all sitting around learning how to stroke a penis and uh, flogging each other and whatever it's all consensual because and people are there's like consent is really big there and consent culture and how to have those conversations anyways so I go there I go there as Amy if you've listened to a lot of these episodes you hear that I identify as painfully straight painful it's not painful it's just annoying Painful because you don't have as many options as those it's that annoying. are more open. yeah i see people who are who are um pansexual or my mom is is queer and she's like i like dick i like pussy i like i like all kinds of in-betweens i love it um and i'm like i have played with some women and it's just not ever been my jam so I went there as Amy, who identifies as painfully straight very heterosexual and Amy who also doesn't like tickling now Everyone, I didn't go there thinking these things to myself, but these are just two key stories I had about myself. You can generally just hate tickling, like anywhere? I don't love what about tickling. about an ear, like an ear breath? It doesn't tickle. Oh. It, the story isn't that it tickles. I love ear stuff. Maybe but our definition of tickling is different. So this this actually coincides with, this uh, supports my argument or my okay. story here, is that I went in with these stories of who I am. And also Amy doesn't have a high libido, is very disconnected from her body because she lost that thing two years ago. And... So I go in there and Sex Geek Summer Camp, I instantly feel like I'm at home. I've been there one year before. It's all of my super geeky, nerdy sex geek people. A lot of them, I don't, most of them I don't even know. But they, a lot of them know about Shameless Sex, and that's, that was cool. Um, and I was supposed to stay for one night. I decided to stay for two because it feels so good to be there. And um, I, long story short, I uh, started to get to know someone there that was really respecting where I was at. We... Um, just this was a um, a man there that um, I was very we were, we were getting to know each other and we cis man cis man we sat in a field talking and I let I would just realize in there how afraid of intimacy I am and I said that to him there because I could mm. tell it was just safe I said I can tell that I'm I'm noticing how afraid I am of intimacy of letting getting really close to someone of of touch um, of be, because of a lot of stuff that I've had or beginning a five and a half year relationship or whatever it is. And 
I don't know exactly what he said, but he says something along along lines of like essentially that he doesn't really want anything for me and how safe I am. And so this is a big thing for me. It's like not being in intimate situations with people who want something from me, my from my body is really big for me right now because I'm recultivating all of that. Hmm. And so I can't give it away or deplete it. So people who come in, you know, when they touch me, if they're touching me in a sense where they are hoping that it leads to sex, I cannot have that right now. Like I, like I don't have, I don't have room for that. I'm interested in people touching me who actually really want to get to know me and enjoy all the touch that is available there because they truly want to, to connect with me. Not because they're hoping that it leads to like the end goal. Anyways, I could tell that this person was that person. That's really, he was the, he is, he is, he's coming from that place. Oh. And so I could tell that. And so long story short, I want to make this a huge one, but that night we had a big massage party where you're in a group of five. One person get either gets naked if they want. And then the other four people in the group massage, massage their whole body for eight minutes. And then you switch to another mm. person from that same group. So you get, what is that? What is that? Eight hands on you. And our group was awesome. I just, if any of my group is listening, we were like so present and just not even saying a word because we're so into giving to each person. Meanwhile, other groups were kind of chatting. and um, But the all of us left it just like high on oxytocin. We're just like, oh. And four of us wanted to stay together after that. We're like, we need to stay together the rest of the night. We built a little bed thing out in front of the playroom under the moon because we wanted to be outside. Behind us, you hear spanking and slapping, people on the sex machine and like people moaning. And we're just like snuggling out there. And I won't get into to the long version of it, but... Here's what happened. Amy, who went in there with these stories about who she is. Um, at some point, hands are just going all over, rubbing all of the people in there. There's one cis man and um, someone who I think uses they and them pronouns. Um, and then two uh, cis women. And we are there just hands rubbing all over. And no hands are trying to go under the pants. No hands are trying to touch genitals. And it could feel that that was the case. Uh, number two, it was just really playful and just snuggly and felt really safe. At some point, this man that I'm getting to know that's next to me, and there's this wonderful woman next to me on the other side who's just like ridiculous. Like one minute, she's just really, you'd love her. She's silly and playful. And the next minute she has like a whip out and she's oh. <laughs> like very strong and dominant. At some point, this man next to me is kissing up my arm and getting close to my armpit. And this woman next to me who is petting the woman on the other side of her or the person on the other side, the, um, the, the human on the other side, this woman next to me reaches her arm around. So she says one hand on this other person on her left. Her right arm reaches around and she starts sticking her fingers in my mouth and I start sucking on them. Oh. And she's doing this like kind of loving dominant way. And so I'm sucking on her fingers for like 20 minutes. And then this, this person next to me, this man, he makes his way to my armpit. And my first story is... I'm not going to like that because I don't like tickling. Then I realize, holy shit, I love this. And he's and he's just listening. And you're out of your head. You weren't thinking like, oh, my God, I maybe saw I'm my, sweaty. My, I saw my story get there. Okay. And, yeah, that came up like, oh, good thing I took a shower before this. Right. But, but I also. that's where I would go. I'd be like, maybe I'm sweaty. Yeah. My deodorant probably wore off by now. And I was like, good thing. I did think good thing I took a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he, he was just, he didn't give, give up. He was listening to my body like I was an instrument. Oh. And he was playing that thing. And he, by listening to the sounds I was making, and I was going crazy 
like mo- feeling more pleasure than I have in a long time from someone making out with my armpit while sucking on another woman's fingers for like 20 to 30 minutes. And I had felt so much arousal. And so, and then this, then the woman with the finger, she turns to me and then she holds my face in this very dominant way and starts kissing me. And I'm so into all of it. Straight ass Amy, who doesn't like tickling, loves the mouth making out with the armpit that is that ticklish has now just disappeared and now it's just pleasure and and orgasmic and i'm really enjoying kissing this incredible woman next to me and i have this thought of like fuck i'll go in that playroom and i'll do anything with these people i'm so turned on right now do you think that this was because i'm sure listeners out there aren't going to sex geek summer camp they're probably in their you know their whatever spaces that they're in Uh How do you think that you got to this freedom or this space? Of- well, I made space for it because I exited a relationship that was, we just tried everything and it was done. So there was that. I think the biggest thing is I got, I realized that I get in my own way with my stories about who I am. I'm Amy who's straight, who doesn't like tickling, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you I'm put this your, and that. yourself in a box. Put myself in the box and I saw the opportunity through safety because there's safety with these people. It was very safe. No one was trying to take anything from anyone that was not, it was, it was just shared experience of helping everyone feel amazing. And so it was those things of I feel safe, I have the spaciousness and I'm free and I see my stories getting in the way. And if I don't attach to them, I can actually maybe have a different experience that teaches me something else. And so what ended up happening is my fucking libido came back and it's still here. Yeah. Like it wasn't just back in that moment. Let's cheers to your libido. Cheers to my cheers. libido. Like I, I, now my body remembers what it's like to be horny desirous to feel arousal i came home and i was so turned on i was like not knowing what to do with it and i was kind of humping my couch a little bit i'm baiting over here (laughs) yeah and so it's just it feels so good i have to tell you what i i think like part of a journey that i've also and i can relate to this story of of yours is that uh, I get in the way of myself all the time with my own stories. Yeah. You attach to them. We all do. I think as human beings, we are, oh, I'm a straight girl or I'm a, I don't know, what, whoever I don't you like, are. Yeah, I don't like tickling. I'm a or Midwestern. I only, like, I only orgasm in this one position, so that's how, the only way I like to have sex. Yeah. And sometimes I think that, or I don't like tickling or... I hate when someone touches my ears. Maybe the thing is, if it's a safe environment, you can explore those things if you can ask for those places that you want to explore deeper. And not get stuck on and not the get, story. Exactly. You, and I think that's that. this is the thing. That's why meditation is helpful. To notice when the story comes in and notice how you attach to it. Notice how you jump to believing it before you actually explore the sensations that are present. And uh, this was just such an... Uh, an exploration in that. And, and I am just, I, and I think all of it led up to it, all the psychological body work that I've been doing, all that stuff. It's just, I'm so fucking grateful. I have been waiting for two and a half years to get my body back and to feel a, like fully alive again. And I knew that it was possible, but my body didn't believe it. And I knew that I needed to get my body on board and it's finally here. And it's here from the most unsuspecting weird situation armpits and fingers in the mouth and you know i just it's so so incredible so sometimes you have to let go of things and this is i think a great message for people if for some reason 
you are feeling stuck or you're not feeling connected to your sexuality, perhaps you've been in a partnership for a long time or you've you just feel very disconnected. You have you have to make a change. Mm. And listening to this podcast is a great start. Listen, like reading books or or having a therapist. There are sometimes you need to just make a shift. And sometimes it's letting go of things that might be hard to let go of. Mm. In this case, it was a partnership that still is healthy. You aren't in we this toxic. We did everything toxic, we could. You it did. was time. And yeah. I know that's an easy solution for folks um, that maybe don't have so, you know, their lives so interlinked. Mm. And you d- didn't have children with your partner. However, it's it's also a possibility in this day and age to sometimes say it's okay to let go of the things that don't serve you Mm -hmm. and you can do it in a healthy, respectful, beautiful way. And then you can open yourself up to maybe some new things that you didn't even know existed. And I know that like an end or a, a, uh, an end isn't always just a final death of something. It's a beginning to something that can Mm -hmm. be really beautiful and it's not like break up with your partner, yeah. but shift something. Shifts, shift it's something. This, the point. Something's got to give, right? Something it's that, has it's to give. Not, it's not, something has to give, and maybe it's not the part, the tart partnership, but maybe it's your own approach to yourself, your own self-love, self-care practices. Maybe it's starting to work with someone who is a hands-on sexological body worker, healer, or a sex coach, or all those things. Um, and I just want to say, by the way, the title of this episode, April, you weren't there for the recording, you got to listen to it because the title of this episode is called The Best Dating Advice You Will Ever Receive. Oh. It's not from what I just said, but it's from th- what you will see. It's from, from Dixie from Body Storytelling, who does erotic storytelling. But she gives me in this podcast the best dating advice I've ever heard. And I took it. She gave it to me right before I had that night, that 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 PG-13 foursome. And I and I actually took it. I was like, "You'll see. Listen, okay, and then I'm you'll understand why I actually took her dating advice." We first we have a, a few things though. We got a we... couple of things we want to say, and just also on that note too, um, Uberloop actually. So the reason why I got to go to this thing, they sponsored it, so I get to go to Sex Geek Summer Camp. All expenses paid. I go and do like you know a half an hour presentation there, and get to just go and play. Uberloop essentially paid for me to have a PG thirteen. Can I tell you? <laughs> I was in the Caribbean. I had no Uberloop. What? I was using saliva and I was dying, Amy. I was in the Caribbean, no lube, dying. And I almost went to a sex shop. There's no sex shop. There's no sex shop. There's no sex shops. So P.S. That's my story. You need Uber lube. We got to get you one of their good to go. So you have it with you at all times. It's their travel bottle. So if you've heard of us talking about Uber Lube, sex educators love it at Sex Geek Summer Camp. Everyone there, most of them already knew all about it. Um, it's a silicone lubricant, never gets sticky, long lasting, no flavor, no scent, very body friendly. We have a lot of doctors on board in the U.S. that are recommending it. And April and I are obsessed with it, too. If you don't know why, you should try a bottle and then you understand. For real. Go to uberlube.com. And if you use the coupon code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps, you get 10% off and free shipping. And then you'll know all. All about it. All about it. Um, on another note, my dog a- is going wild. April's dog. She's a mom. A dog's running in circles in the house. It's adorable. Legend gone wild. So we have a Patreon now, everyone. Uh, and if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a way for you to support our podcast. Our podcast is free. So we want to keep it free for you all. And yes, we have some advertisers, but we do have our own little expenses here. So one thing we want to do, we want new microphones so that we don't have these weird moments that uh, affect the sound here. And we also, it's when we record with guests like 
this one. Well, actually, you recorded in person with Dixie. And Dixie has a podcast, so she knows how to hold a so microphone. So she knows how to hold a microphone. We <laughs> yeah. record on Zoom, though, often. And Amy and I share a mic all the time. We honestly, we need some support. We need some love. We do this as a passion project. And... Sometimes we just need to ask. This is not what pays the bills. No. So if you go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Shameless Sex, you can donate $5. You can donate $10. And you get exclusive offers for supporting us and donating. Um, and we would love to see you there. And some of the offers are like a video podcast and other things that no one else gets. So go we check that out. appreciate it. Thank you. The love. Um, another announcement. If you're in Southern California, we'll be down there on June. June 29th, 29th. Jinx, uh, at <laughs> Diamond Adult World in Grover Beach. We are teaching Oral Sex 101, April 9th, side by side. Go to diamondadult.com. Is it Diamond Adult or Diamond Adult World? I think it's diamondadultworld.com. Okay, go look at both and <laughs> click the event section, buy your ticket, and isn't it only, so it's 25 bucks, but you get a $20 gift certificate. Get a $20 so dip, gift certificate. Bucks. So you can actually shop after the class privately. And you can ask us any questions that you need to ask after the class is over. If you want to know what to buy or you want to discount on Uberloop. There you go. You got it. You just shop at the store. Yeah. We'll take good care of you. Um, and then another announcement before I read this awesome testimonial, our online workshop, Wild Women Sex, uh, we have an offer this month where anyone that purchases it gets, uh, I think it's like four or five of my online sex ed videos for free. That's like uh, Blowjob 101, um, How to Please the Penis, How to Please the Pussy, Tantra 101, Anal 101. They're about an hour each. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And Amy is... I will say, and just my own personal testimonial for you, you've given me so much knowledge in so many different anal. The only reason I know how to do anal so well is because I learned from you. Blowjobs, definitely learned from you as well. You have a lot of great skills, but also you do it in a way that is honoring the other person. And it's with, I I don't want to sound woo-wee, but with love. I love woo. Woo. A hint of woo. Woo. Woo you. So you're giving that for free. That is for free. It's like $75 at least. Yeah, if you buy the online workshop, it's only for this month. So go check it out at shamelessex.com and go to our workshops and you can learn more about uh, how to be the most badass erotic self. Um, okay, we have a testimonial, April, that I don't think you've read it, but it's pretty fucking awesome. Where, do we, where did it come from? An email. Oh, someone emailed it's us. It's from us answering a sex question. So I want to read this testimonial. So this listener says, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for addressing my question on your podcast. I truly appreciate so much hearing that you both how, what you both had to say, and I'm super committed to taking on board the advice that you offered. I think this is definitely the push I need to make a commitment to myself to really get the outside help and work through these issues for me. You guys are amazing, and I really... Really, I'm so grateful for all the things you guys give uh, give to all of us listeners. And P.S. A side note: I recently bought my first sex toy and went away on a romantic holiday with my partner. Holiday that must be European, British. We really took some time to play and to go slow, and I was finally able to experience my very first orgasm. Safe to say, I felt such a rush of energy and release. And although it definitely, I'm definitely not helped. Finally, having that release has had started getting all that stuck energy flowing again. Thank you both again. I See, love these things. See, this is why I, I feel like we're doing this. Yeah, that's why and it is. I absolutely adore this listener for giving us a beautiful testimonial and shout out and for, I don't know, just actually 
doing the work too. Giving, gratu- gi- giving gratuity, yeah. I, I mean, verbal or giving appreciation for anything, even if it's for this podcast or for something that's serving you in your life is really, really cool. Yeah. It makes, it brings, when I see these testimonies, it brings so much joy to my day. Um, this is why we do it is to not to hear this, but to know that it's actually going somewhere and helping folks it's helping. I know it makes me cry sometimes when I read this stuff. And on that note for that listener, I don't know if we, we say this every podcast. Um, but this has something I shared last night. I taught orgasm one Oh one here in Santa Cruz and, uh, talks about OMGS. And again, and again, I have clients that I work with in my sex and relationship coaching practice who, who watch OMGS and it changes their lives. They had no, idea about all these ways that they could pleasure themselves that partners could pleasure them or there's partners that watch it to learn how to pleasure vulvas i told my mom about it and she's actually using it Uh, yeah yes and mom she doesn't listen but (laughs) i'll tell her to she said that it's really helped some techniques within her partnership oh awesome has been like almost 20 years i bet it could be a really good conversation starter if you don't know how to talk to your partner about what it is that you like one you learn you learn the language too it's completely research-based it's 62 online videos for season one season two is out now as well and it shows you techniques on real people showing you this is how i like to pleasure myself it's very tasteful it's not porn it's much better than any instructional dvd or book on how to pleasure a vulva and season one is external season two is internal so if you go to omgs backslash backslash shameless you get five dollars off you did one of my backslash backslash. i have to say they're also amazing people to work with to i don't know what they're doing is important i wish that more people would recreate what they're doing yeah it's awesome well they're gonna keep making more seasons there will be anal season and it's anal season and a season with penis pleasure all kinds of stuff they have a they have a um, and they do it with care because it took almost two years to even get the second season out which i appreciate sometimes it means someone's actually doing it with a lot of intention you ready for a quick sex question I don't know. I'm scared. I think it's a quick one. Okay. So what's the difference between being a horny little pervert, a sex addict, or just someone who loves sex in every form? I'm just curious whether I'm just the same as every other guy or a little different for wanting to have sex as much as possible with as many women as possible. Am I just attention-seeking or just male? So I think that I'm a horny little guy and I'm a sex a horny little pervert. I'm a horny little pervert. I do sometimes tell people that I am... A horny little frat boy. A horny little frat <laughs> <laughs> with, but I would use Who's a like, lot of respect. Noise, noise, noise. <laughs> and I, th- I mean, this is a, such a funny, funny question. I think that those are labels. Don't put yeah. yourself in a box. If you're doing stuff that doesn't feel good and or isn't consensual to other parties involved in your sex capades, that's when you need to be asking yourself a question and probably mm-hmm. step aside and not do those things. If you're doing things with in uh, the goodness of your, you know, your your genitals and uh, the goodness of your intention, where you're not hurting or harming someone else, and you're also connecting with them on a level of they're into it, yeah. then fucking go for it, bro. Yeah. I'm oh, gonna say bro because yeah. they said guy and bro. Able. Yeah. Noise, noise, noise. <laughs> well, and our motto is all consensual sex is good sex here, and uh, I like this part that you said. Um, so you said, it, is it, am I just a, a, like a normal guy for one to have sex with as many women as possible, as, as much sex as possible, as many women as possible? Go for it. So here's the thing. Some men want that. You know, some penis owners with a lot of testosterone, they want to have sex with as many women possible. 
um, in as many forms as possible. And not all of them do, right? So we don't, we're not going to, to gender it or say that there's one way. But yeah, testosterone often can create more uh, horniness. But actually, Wednesday Martin said women are actually desiring more diversity than men are. Um, so at any rate, I like what April said. Not getting stuck on labels. Yeah, you know what? Be a horny little pervert, but be a consensual horny little pervert and have respect for other bodies. Sex addict, that's usually when it's getting in the way of your normal everyday life, like um, your relationships with people, maybe your job, and it's something that it's like, like filling a void for your worthiness versus um, this is just really fun and feels fucking good. So they're, they come from different places. So if it, like April said, if it feels like it's an issue and a problem, you can look at it. But otherwise, rock your horny and pervertness. if they're so into vulvas, check out OMGS slash <laughs> read come as you are. Yeah. Check out books that will actually make you the most badass possible. Yeah. Fuck that's I, out there. I <laughs> love that. If you're gonna, if you want to have as sex with as many women as possible in as many forms as possible, go learn how to have be the best lover as and with all these things. Take sex ed classes, read books, and honor the shit out of all of those pussies that you're pleasing. And don't just go in there and try to fuck with them like they are just pieces of meat. Like it's okay if you want to have sex with a whole bunch of them, but when you do, please fully show up for it in an act of honoring. My pussy thanks you. I'm not having sex with you, but my pussy still thanks you from afar. I have to tell you about one other thing because I so I've had a history of super thin nails and hair of your own. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? This is, is a definite game changer for, okay. for, for from where we were, but we were done with this next question. So after I've been taking ritual vitamins now for, I guess it's almost, I guess six weeks and my nails are strong feeling. Look at them. They're super strong. My hair, does it, does it look thicker? No. Your hair looks beautiful. Thank you. Amy's got like the thickest, most amazing hair ever, uh, but need, I yeah. don't. And I feel like after the, I guess six weeks of taking ritual vitamins made for women by women, my nails feel stronger and my hair is thicker in my skin, which I get avid breakouts and I don't, I, my skin kind of is dull. It really does look better because it has biotin, which is the building blocks of I guess our hair, skin, and nails. Well, and it's made of all high quality ingredients. They actually tell you the ingredients. So many of these other vitamins are made of shit and they don't even tell you where they are from. Well, they'll put like synthetics, plastics, all sorts of gnarly stuff that you don't need. Disgusting stuff, everyone. So be careful about what you put in your body. It makes a big difference. So better health doesn't come overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with essentials for women. It's a small step that helps support a healthy foundation in your body. Visit ritual.com backslash shame sex to start your ritual today just like what we're doing we love rituals that's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com backslash shameless sex maybe your hair and nails will be as awesome as April's or you could be reborn again with my thick head of hair I'm just looking forward to continuing my hair growth because I like it (laughs) it looks thicker Amy I want to pet your head all right I'm gonna read a bio and then we have to record another podcast um, <laughs> we have a full day. Legends of Psycho right now, so this Our is gonna dog's be fun. Going crazy! All right, everyone, this podcast loved recording it. You're going to love it. Hopefully, you're still with us because it's worth it. Dixie De La Tour, amazing human. She's a sexual folk- folklorist, professional storyteller, podcaster, teacher, community builder, and most of all, a facilitator. She is also the founder, curator, and most uh, and host of the award winning and not safe for work storytelling series Body. That's B A W D Y story storytelling that has been lauded as for its transformational, relatable, empowering performances. This live stage series celebrated its 12-year anniversary 
earlier this year. Embody's groundbreaking podcast has over 1.5 million downloads. Plus, it's been acknowledged as a best of sex podcast from GQ Magazine, Marie Claire, Up Rocks, Bustle, and twice by Esquire Magazine. Learn more at Body, that's B A W D Y, storytelling.com. And actually, everyone, we're in the same podcast family as Body Storytelling. We are part of Pleasure Products, and so is Body. Ple- pleasure Podcast. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so, you ready, Chip? I can't wait. I, I can't wait to hear because you've had said only good things about this podcast. All right. Here we go. Hello, everyone. It's episode time. This is... Oh, God. I say it, I start all the time. This is a special episode, but this is a really special episode because you all know that we are part of a podcast network. We've uh, talked about that in the little... Uh, the beginning of our little trailer, little teasers is well, you are. We are part of the Pleasure Podcast Network, and we are part of the Pleasure Podcast Network. And there are either seven or eight of us. I don't remember now. Uh, sex positive podcasts, and uh, we so we're like a little family. But not all of us. We all of us haven't even met. <laughs> and uh, and um, right now, I am at Sex Geek Summer Camp, and the wonderful Dixie De La Tour is here from the Body Storytelling Podcast. And when we found out that we were both going to be here, we were so excited because we're like, we can finally meet in person. And now it's the perfect opportunity to record a podcast. We have presented uh, Dixie's trailer in a past episode. If you're not aware of Body Storytelling, I will actually have... Uh, Dixie explained a little more about it, and we're, I'm not even 100% sure where our podcast is going to go today, so we'll find out. But Dixie, welcome to Shameless Sex. Thank you. So happy to have you here. Thank you. If y'all could see how Amy is dressed right now, it's like <laughs> 90 degrees. Yes. She's wearing a cut-off, sexy, like a belly top, sex geek summer camp, cut off at the arms, wearing some cute little ruffle butt like panties. Circus, like circus shorts. Yeah, they're like circus, except it's the sexiest clown you've ever seen in your life, this <laughs> outfit. <laughs> and so tan. Oh my gosh, it is hot up here in Oregon. Uh, in about uh, uh, half an hour, there's going to be a massive uh, sex geek summer camp slip and slide happening. Naked slip and slide. Oh, it's naked. What oh, about I- like burns on your nipples? Sounds dangerous. I don't know. I, it's naked. Like they, yeah. think about think about where we are. It's naked. They you know, lo- yeah. it's naked. They love the naked, and they had asked. They made a request that next year Uber Lube sponsors. So it's a Uber Lube slip and slide. So we'll see Uber Lube. You want to do that? Uber Lube. Think about it. So tell our listeners who didn't hear the trailer that we did oh, maybe a month or two ago. Um, what is body storytelling? What is your, and it's not just a podcast, but so how, how do body storytelling start and what is it? Both, there's a podcast and then the, what you do on tour. Okay. The first thing you should know is body is spelled B-A-W-D-Y. I like how you said it. Body. I can't do it. And I'm from the South and I can't say it right, but I just always love the word. Yeah. I always thought of like, I used to see on like channels at three o'clock in the morning i'd see old may west movies and i was mm-hmm. like god she is talking some dirty shit <laughs> I like but it. she's not talking dirty. she's dirty but she's not dirty uh-huh. at the same time mm-hmm. she was uh very pre-code mm-hmm. so before they started shutting everybody down on their language uh-huh. and that was when they started with you can't say the word pregnant on tv what that, you couldn't say pregnant couldn't say pregnant you had to have twin beds two twin beds lucy Oh, Lucy yeah. and Desi had two twin. Every TV show had twin because uh-huh. before code, things got really racy. And then TV went, mm. oh, yeah, we're not going to have any of that. Oh so she was, she would get away with stuff that when you see old movies, you just sit there and go, 
did she actually say what I think she just said? <laughs> so I always loved her. Yeah. So I didn't want to be her. Well, fuck yeah, I did want to be <laughs> her. be honest. But I just loved how racy she was. Mm-hmm. And I loved the way she would just kind of like her cool delivery and stuff like that. So body is a word that means off color mm. and blue mm-hmm. and racy and risque. Mm-hmm. And it also somehow seems to dodge the whole don't use the word sex in the current social media environment, too. Oh, yeah. That was handy. I didn't plan that one. but Yes, you're not, you're not, Facebook's not eliminating you from everything because you don't have the word sex in your A n- lot of label. people yeah. don't shut me down because yeah. sex isn't anywhere near mm-hmm. the name of my show mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, Body Storytelling is a live sex and storytelling series where the original, mm-hmm. I was a sex party producer who discovered storytelling and then went, perverts got some fucking stories (laughs) and so originally it started really small kind of unscripted hey i got a story and they'd get up and then as i fell more and more in love with storytelling i started coaching people Mm. and really getting them to the why we do what we do let's understand each other let's judge each other less um and those stories are on my podcast Mm. i've been doing the live show for 12 and a half years i've had the podcasts close to three years now Mm. Uh, and true stories, uh, our format is, um, uh, told, not read off paper, mm. true, told first person, told by the person who had the adventure related to sex, kink, or gender, or all of the above and told in about 10 minutes. Mm. And then we take some of the best stories from the stage and we put them on a podcast. Mm. And the podcast, as you said, two years, you, almost three, I think yeah. weekly episodes, weekly episodes. Uh-huh. And as uh-huh. you know, weekly episodes are hard. I know it's a lot when you're so story, everyone who's listening, you know, our podcast, the shameless sex is an interview style conversation podcast is it takes time. It's not that hard to do. Mm-hmm. And but storytelling podcasts are it's a it's a project. Like each episode is this kind of curated artistic piece that you're doing. So it's not just I oh, just record a conversation, just throw it on the air. It's there's a <laughs> lot that you put into it. It's yeah. an art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of time coaching people, being their therapist, because mm-hmm. a lot of times we do things and don't understand why we do the things uh, we do. And as we work on the story, they go, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's why I fucked everybody on the Internet. <laughs> I had no idea what drove me. You know, they understand themselves. There's often tears on stage. It's funny. Yeah. You know, it's the gamut of emotions. But there's often at least one time in each show. There's this moment where we all kind of sob together. And oh, then the wow. next story is hilarious. And we... We get past it, you know. So that's going to be one of my questions that uh, that about why what people are getting out of this experience of telling their erotic story, and what it, uh, it seems like it can it is. Uh, I, I envision this, or I'm comparing it to cognitive psychology, right? You're sitting in the, the doctor's chair and you're talking about all of your your issues and your problems. And so someone is listening to you, but you're not just listening to them. You're you're asking them questions and helping them to dive deeper through the layers. Mm-hmm. And it's refining refining the story. And then things pop up, realizations, aha moment, moments, light bulbs, maybe acceptance, moving through shame, I imagine, as mm-hmm. well. Right? Totally, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of reason. The, reason. the reason that we tell people that they want to get on our stage is that they will get laid. Mm. <laughs> because after you tell a story, people know a lot about you. Better they know than what Tinder. you're into. Yeah. They know what you're looking for. Mm. They, they understand you. And often after you get off stage... 
somebody's going to come up to you and go, oh, you were a kink fest. And, oh, that scene you were talking about, I'm very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Hookups do happen. A lot of it is that people will walk into the show and they will be in the back of the room going, uh, looking intimidated. And then we'll, maybe somebody on my staff of volunteers will go, have you ever thought about telling a story? And they're like, oh, no, no, I'd never do this. Tell a story about sex. I'd never tell a story about sex. And then they watch the people on stage. Mm. And they watch the audience and the respect. They get standing ovations mm. constantly. Mm. They get like a room full of love directed at them. They have full attention. They're seen in a way they've never been seen in their life. Mm-hmm. I tell people when you get off the stage, you're going to quit your job tomorrow <laughs> because you feel invincible after mm-hmm. you've done this. Public speaking is the biggest fear. Oh my gosh. It's such a big fear for people. And mm-hmm. here's, here's something that's funny. Like you would think talking about your sex life is harder. Mm-hmm. It's actually easier than talking than public speaking, just public speaking in general. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you go to a businessy businessman conference and you go, uh, well, current uh, agile technology dictates that blah, blah, blah. And everybody's just like, well, okay, yeah. yes. Yeah. But when you talk about your sex life, you have their undivided attention. Yeah, they're excited. You're probably way more excited about the content, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I loved it. So you were talking, you did a little workshop here, mm-hmm. and you were talking about, I wrote down a couple of things that, that you had said. Um, you had someone go up there and tell their story in front of everyone, and you said, she told you what she was afraid of and what she cared about. And so these are some of the questions that you would ask people when you're helping those stories, is what is your greatest fear and what is your wildest dream? Mm-hmm. This is what helps people tell a story, but also this is what people want to hear. This is what they relate to, right? So you talked about relatability was really, really mm-hmm. big there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, if you can elaborate more on that, because I thought that that was really, really interesting um, the questions to ask people to help people go in there. I would imagine that's why it becomes the therapist office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of times when people want to tell you, so they're, they're like, I have a, I will give them a monthly theme. Mm-hmm. I'll say the theme of the next show is bottoms up. Mm-hmm. True stories of anal drinking and or submission. Pick one or all. <laughs> It's a writing prompt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they go, oh, my God, I have this great story about anal, you know. And they want to tell me a story. Uh, I, I'm i going to tell a story about the threesome where I had anal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not a story. <laughs> <laughs> so they will just tell you mm-hmm. the act. Mm-hmm. They'll say, we got together. There was a person. There was another person. And then they put it in my butt. And it was hot. They mm-hmm. often say that. Mm-hmm. And I will say... Okay, had you ever had anal? Or, I don't know why we're talking about anal, but we're talking about anal. Let's talk about anal. Had you ever had it before? Well, no. That's a good detail. Let's uh-huh. put that in. That's my first time having anal. Yeah. Okay, there you it's go. It's a different you start, story. You start now. a story that way. <laughs> Very exciting. I'm sold. <laughs> um, and, you know, so you never had it. Mm-hmm. What had you heard about it before? What did you expect? Mm-hmm. How was it different than what you ins- expected? You know, so that is your greatest fear mm-hmm. that it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. What is your wildest dream? I have friends who tell me it's unlike anything they've ever done before. Their strongest orgasms. They're, you know, like, I've heard it can be amazing. Mm-hmm. That might be your wildest dream. Mm-hmm. You've heard that it that is possible. It's not really just about the sex, though. Mm-hmm. It is about the sex is what we're all interested in. But it's really about why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. If we understand ourselves sexually, then we understand ourselves better. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, maybe you just never considered yourself an adventurous person. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've always felt shut down and afraid 
and you did something brave and it was empowering and it changed your life. And now you're going to get on stage in front of 300 people and tell them how it changed you. Mm-hmm. And they're watching and they're like, oh. I mean, I'm sure they have experiences like, oh, I'm I thought I was, you know, weird and that I wasn't normal. And like, look at this person. We have a similar experience or um, they're afraid, too. And I'm afraid and I want to talk to them about that and get get support or this is helping me to. That I means it's inspirational. Yeah. And one of the things that we see at the show all the time is that people, for example, I had somebody come to my show who had just moved to San Francisco from Seattle. And they came to the show. Somebody told them you should definitely go to body storytelling. And they came up to me after the show and they went, I just moved to town. I don't know anybody here. Mm. I bet if I got on your stage, I could find my community. Mm. And I'm like, I bet you could. Brilliant. She got on stage and at the end of the night, there were 30 people standing around her, talking to her, asking what kind of party she was interested in. They wanted to know her better because they felt like they knew her from listening to her story. She got invited to everything just by getting on stage one time. And then the people that find you are people that relate to you. So it's also like a screening process. I'm thinking of like, you know, Tinder versus Match.com. Like it's like it's matching you. It is. Right. Because it's like, you know, okay, they're hearing your story. They're relating to certain certain things. You're sharing some of your most vulnerable information information about your life and they're still choosing to relate to you so they're probably your kind of people versus you just walking up to someone in a bar and speaking to them and getting to know them you don't know yet there hasn't been any sort of screening or filtering for that and that's brilliant you moved to a new city everyone (laughs) (laughs) one of the things we also do is i really i mean i was never trained as an event producer Mm -hmm. i was a pervert Mm -hmm. who was a sex party producer and then i discovered discovered storytelling and i started producing events Mm -hmm. because everybody wanted to come and i'm like i guess i better find a place to do it and Mm -hmm. i somehow became an event producer but one thing that i would watch is how afraid people were Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and it's gotten worse over the years people are afraid to leave their house Mm-hmm. social anxiety is getting worse social media is making it worse mm-hmm. people don't know how to connect and look each other in the eyes anymore Scary. and so I don't want to produce a show where you come in and you sit in your chair and people talk at you from the stage and then we go okay get the fuck out Yeah, show's over so we are a much longer show than most mm-hmm. because uh, we've built time into the show for people to connect Mm -hmm. and we've made games for people to connect Mm, i love making fucked up games but what's a fucked up game what what can someone expect from like a fucked up game (laughs) well at every show we have uh our trademarked game bango Mm -hmm. and bango is dirty bingo Mm -hmm. i write every card myself and it will say find someone who owns more than five sex toys that's gonna make them tell Uh, a story so you have they have to walk around and actually ask people these questions so the bango we had here that's my game i lent it to read oh i haven't i haven't played it when they have they already done bango? Here? They did it. Yeah, but I there's some cards. Okay. Go, go down. There's some cards down Gotta there. Gotta go get banged, banged, bango. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I usually tailor it toward the audience mm-hmm. and say, okay, last month my show was Unicorn Fest. Mm-hmm. Has ever uh, had somebody be a guest star in their sex life? Mm-hmm. Has, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. different forms of questions that might relate to the theme. But also, you know, are you brand new to the show? Have you never been here? Because we're a community. And now they know to make that person feel super welcome. Yeah. Or um, has ever had a fantasy of having a threesome? Well, 
you've had that conversation already and it leads to them telling you a story. So we give you lots of prompts to tell your own stories to other audience members. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to just listen to the stories on stage. If you listen to a story, it is almost impossible not to tell a story. Mm, you just sit there and yeah. twitch mm-hmm. and go, good boy. Oh, uh, I have one too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, those are, that's the typical game. Yeah. Some shows I pull out my fucked up games. <laughs> uh, my most, one of my most fucked up games. I'm working on new fucked up games. <laughs> one of my most. You're a self-identified pervert, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> one of my, uh. One of my games that people have very strong reactions to. And mm-hmm. here's the origin of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, once about a time, I had a sex worker in one of my shows mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. In the same show, I had a gold star gay male. Mm-hmm. Never been with a woman before. Uh, and he, uh, <laughs> I tell them, if you'd like to sell your book, if you have a music CD, if you have something, I will give you table space because you're performing for me. And we want to support you and let people know how to find you. And the sex worker said... Can I sell my dirty panties? And I went, if the venue asked, the answer's no, but fuck yeah, you can. So she sets up this table. This is so San Francisco. She sets up a table selling her dirty panties, 10 to $40 sliding scale. That is so San Francisco. Yeah. Sliding scale, but, dirty like panties. <laughs> and sold out immediately. Oh my God. And in awesome. that same show, that gold star gay male, Matt, walks by and he's carrying a pair of her panties. And I walk by and I go, Matt, why do you have Maxine's panties? (laughs) And he said, "Um, well, my husband couldn't be here tonight. My husband is bisexual. He slept with women before. And um, I figured if I bought a pair of her dirty panties that I could take them home and it would inspire him telling me a story and we'd have a conversation. And so while we're standing there, there's a bunch of people around me. I'm like, can we smell her panties? (laughs) So we're all huffing her panties going... Oh, do you smell cinnamon? It smells good, you know. <laughs> and I just kept thinking about that, about how those dirty panties had inspired people to just, like, connect over it, mm-hmm. you know. And about how this man who you would expect had no interest in what he bought. Yeah. Surprise. Took it, took it home and had a moment with his partner mm-hmm. because of it. So I started doing some research, and I learned that there's this thing called pheromone dating. Pheromone dating is the way that they do this in the regular world, not the pervert world, (laughs) is they will send you like an American apparel t-shirt and they'll say bike to work in it or wear it for a day. And then you put it in a Ziploc bag Uh and then they put uh, a pink or blue sticker on it. And then you go around at their speed dating event and you sniff all the bags. Oh, and you don't know whose it is, but they're in the room. The person's in the room, but you don't know. So you're looking like, I hope it's that one. So each bag will have a pink or blue sticker and a number. So let's say blue 23 has got it going on. Yeah. You go find blue 23. They've got a sticker on their shirt. Interesting. So what I do, pink or blue is not us. Yeah, of course not. I uh, tell people just bring things. I don't think a t-shirt's going to do it, y'all. So I'm thinking <laughs> it's going to be your jock strap. Yeah. Or, you know, it's going to be a butt plug. Yeah. Uh, no, not, Ooh, a butt butt plug. not a butt plug. Not a butt plug. Not a butt plug. I'm sure that's happened. <laughs> Lots of dirty panties, sometimes bras that have, mm-hmm. you know, sweat on them. And uh, you get pink, blue, or lavender stickers. One goes on the bag. One goes on you. You go sniff everybody and mm. then go find the person and go, I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it makes people kind of flirt in a totally different way. Yeah. There's, a, there's, some, there's a, something here in the sense. Wait. 
It's so, called sniff test. Sniff test. Okay. This mm-hmm. is something you would do like in the intermission in between. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to know the, the what actually happens with that. Like what are the success rates of people liking the scent and then wanting to pursue actually having sex with them or dating that person? I do not have, I would only have research. anecdotal research for you for that. This but it does project. get people laid. Yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah. I will. I'm going to put a research, uh, I'm going to find a lab assistant for that and I'm yes. going to get you some facts and figures. Well, you did, yeah, and then you could, I mean, you could just survey them after and, and make it a whole science project and then do research and then you could just start all things. You make your own pheromones, you become a millionaire. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Yeah. I'm ready for that. Yeah. We do, we do have ways at the show um, that you can, le- you can write a personal ad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people can respond to your personal ad and leave them inside a brown paper bag. Yours goes on. That's called OK Pervert. Ah. It's like OK Cupid. <laughs> so you put an ad on the front. Hey, we're looking for a unicorn. Hey, we're looking for a trans male for a threesome later on tonight in the parking lot. Because that's happened. Uh, and then just put your ad up. Mm-hmm. You know everybody is in the room. Yeah. Because they're at the show. Mm-hmm. So they're not wasting your time. They're not on the wrong part of the internet. They're yeah. not some time waster. And so people write responses, and then they put them in the bag. And And throughout the show, people go over and they check their ad responses and maybe look around. I'm the person here with pink hair. They look around for somebody with pink hair and go, hi. This sounds like so much fun. We're not done yet, so usually I'll be like, when are your next offerings? When are you doing, when and where are you doing your next? Because I bet our listeners are like, wait, I want to go to this. How do they actually attend one of these? You're in San Francisco. And Seattle, uh, monthly. Seattle, monthly. You go to Seattle monthly, too. So it's every month Mm -hmm. you're hosting these at the same venue in the city and the same venue in Seattle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Then they would find out more at bodystorytelling.com. Yes. Okay. Bo- body, B A W D Y. Body, And hang on. I'm having a brain fart right now. Right now it's happening. So it's usually on a Thursday. Sometimes we do special events, but it's usually on a Thursday, third Thursday, I think, in San Francisco typically. Yeah. I'm about to go on a short hiatus to work on some, you know, coaching and projects and big stuff like that because I live on the West Coast Mm -hmm. where nobody does anything in August because of Burning Man. Oh, it's true. So I just don't produce live events in August. Yeah, it slows (laughs) down. Santa Cruz is a ghost town in Burning Man week. If you want to go have some spaciousness in the world, go be in uh, California in late August, and you're like, well, I have a whole city to myself. It's like an old movie from the 50s. I can park right in front of the door. This is crazy. Yeah, go. And and then the people that are non-burners, they love burners. That. Like, thank you, burners, get out of here. <laughs> so, okay, what about? All right, so just just like a, a quick answer your question. Totally, one hundred percent. And we're going to okay. come back to that at the end and remind our listeners how they can learn more about you too. But okay. because we've been talking about the events, and I'm sure people are like, "Fuck yeah, I want to go to that." Um, I would thought it would just be a good moment to 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 share that. Um, okay, so we so just what would be an example? Because we had these questions about. Um, how to to get clear on what your story is? Can we do like an abri- abbreviated version, or maybe you could do an abbreviated version, so not like you know a half an hour thing, but of a short story. What a story you be, that would sound like of you telling, like you would tell in your podcast, or if you got on the mic and you were. And people will of course go listen to go to the podcast, go look, look at body b a w b a w d y. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, body it? storytelling podcast. Um, but what would what would a story sound like if you were got in front of a microphone and you started telling it? 
Well, this started from the fact that I did a lot of fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this the pervert? Didn't you speak? Yes, yeah. this is it. Yeah. yeah. I did a lot of crazy things mm-hmm. because I didn't understand myself. Mm-hmm. I would just feel compelled to put up personal ads mm-hmm. and then just make adventures happen. Mm-hmm. It was all about chasing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I, let's see. What's the story there? Uh, one time I was doing a, I was doing body in the early days mm-hmm. and I um, set the theme of the night mm-hmm. as the worst sex ever. <laughs> and at that time I'd kick off every show uh-huh. and I realized I didn't really have a story worthy worst sex ever story. Mm. So I put an ad on Craigslist so that you could have, the so worst I could sex- have the oh worst sex ever. <laughs> And then after I put the ad up and 300 responses immediately came in, I went, how am I going to choose the worst sex ever from an ad response? (laughs) So I just randomly spun my finger and landed and opened it up. And there was some guy's phone number and, uh, you know, one line because only one sentence and attached to it was a picture entitled hung JPEG. And it was a picture of his dick. And I was like, well, if he sent me a, picture of his dick and he thinks he's so hung that's probably going to be bad sex right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> right he's got all the makings of like my potential bad sex <laughs> it sounds like i it. should have sex with this guy yeah. you know <laughs> so i called his phone number and i'm like you're the grand prize winner <laughs> i'm coming over to have bad sex with you <laughs> i think he missed the bad sex part he just heard sex you know mm, yeah so i told him he had to meet me on the street just in case he was a serial killer mm-hmm. <laughs> I, Apparently, serial killers can't leave the house, but at the time that hadn't occurred to me, I figured if we met him on the street, he was <laughs> yeah, he fine. He could still be on the street. <laughs> he was standing there waiting for me when I got off the bus uh. in San Francisco, and I went, you don't look like a serial killer. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> don't try this at home, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and he lived in this old Victorian, this really big Victorian building, and uh, we get in the lobby, and he starts climbing a flight of stairs. And uh, I climb a flight of stairs, and then he turns the corner and flies and climbs another flight cli- flight of stairs and i was like and i'm not in good shape and Mm -hmm. after i'd done it a little while i'm like why uh how how what floor do you live on and he's like i'm on the fifth floor and i'm like oh fuck you better go up there and i'll meet you in a little bit (laughs) because it's gonna take me a while to get there Mm -hmm. and when i get to the fifth floor there's a door open down at the end of the hall and it's this tiny little studio apartment and all it's got is like a wood framed futon couch Mm -hmm. And <laughs> a bookcase and a TV that is blaring Speed Racer the movie really loudly, <laughs> which is kind of sexy sound. It's like, oh, 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 oh. I guess he thought it was better than porn. So he put Speed Racer on. And uh, the futon is opened out to a bed conveniently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go in, I shut the door, and uh, I sit on the futon and I put my purse down and he stands in the middle of the room and it's a very tiny room mm-hmm. and he's just looking at me standing there and I'm sitting there and nobody's sure how to start and uh, eventually goes, so do you want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> and there's oh, two voices God. in my head and one of them is like, oh, seriously, dude? And the other one is like, you need a story? Yeah. You're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he pulls down his pants. And he hang- he puts them down around his knees, you know, which is a good look. <laughs> and he's just standing there with this kind of half-hard dick, just kind of just there. <laughs> I would personally not have used hung as a descriptor. <laughs> but he was very impressed with it. And I'm like, yeah, that'll work. Let's go. <laughs> so 
reach into my purse, grab a packet of lube, grab a condom, get on my hands and knees on this rickety wooden futon. And he goes to come in behind me and uh, puts a whole packet of lube on this thing. He's like, the condom is soaked in lube. And he goes to slide it in and he goes in about maybe, maybe half an inch. Oh, and he came. No. No? No. He goes in about a half an inch and he stops and he goes, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> Doesn't like a little bit. Are you okay? He thought this was the biggest. Because it's so big. Because it's so big. <laughs> Nobody could possibly take it without, you know. He's just like, I'm okay. And he just, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Um, and then at some point, because he's put so much lube on it, when he does, when he pulls out a little bit, it slides into my pussy and slides into my ass. <laughs> And he goes in just a little tiny bit, and he goes, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, fine. Because who could take that monster? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine, but, you know, you shouldn't go back and forth between the two holes, so you better just stay back there, which he could not believe. He was just like, what? So it's now a quarter inch. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And eventually I just get pissed off because i got to tell this fucking story. <laughs> and how long is this going to take? So I just rear back and slam onto his dick as hard as I can. And he comes immediately and screams <laughs> and collapses on my back on the rickety futon. And I'm trying to hold both our weight up going, what happened back there? <laughs> and eventually he pulls out and he gets up and he goes behind me because I'm on my hands and knees and goes into the bathroom. And I'm just sitting there with lube leaking out of me, speed racer blaring on the TV going, is that it? I mean, how do you know when the worst sex you ever had is over? <laughs> So I just sit there naked for a while. He turns on the shower. He's in there. He comes out eventually, and he stands in the doorway, and he's got a very pained look on his face. And I'm like, are we done? Uh, or are we going to do it again? And he goes, yeah, here's the thing. When you did that thing where you reared back on my dick like that, I pulled a hamstring. <gasps> and I'm in excruciating pain right now. Oh, shit. And I said, well, I guess you ain't walking me down them five flights of stairs then, are you? <laughs> And I put my clothes on, and I headed out, and I went, you know, I never, re never really did specify who the worst sex was going to be for, did I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. You got him. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, so so that's that. Okay, first of all, that really happened, yes, obviously, because totally. you did this. Um, second of all, jokes on him. Third, so that is a, you, a story within a story what you just told kind of it's yeah. kind of a meta yeah, yeah. meta creating, right? creating a story for the show which i used to do a lot in yeah the beginning. so it's like i didn't i didn't really know i needed to create a story there's a specific topic so i went and this is my experience to create a story and then you had a story that perfectly unfolded and is fucking awesome and i bet a lot of listeners are like holy shit you can do that. You can just go and post a Craigslist ad and uh -huh. go and just like, I want to have the worst sex ever. <laughs> and it was for him. So I guess the next question to this day, is that the worst sex that you've had or is it just the worst sex for him? Have you had worse sex than that? Have I had worse sex than that? Uh, I don't know. I've had a lot of bad sex. I've had a lot of sex. Yeah. So I'm sure I've had a lot of bad sex. Uh -huh. But uh, one of my favorite quotes is experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. Uh, so sometimes when something goes awry, you're just like, and now I know that. Mm -hmm. So I try and treat most of them as a learning experience. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, I learned something new, and I'm always a fan of learning new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. I was, as you were saying, I was trying to think of, like, what is the worst sex I've had? Because I have definitely had some bad sex or not great sex, but it hasn't come to mind. But I kind of want to explore that and then make a story about it. Sounds really fun. <laughs> oh, now let's talk about the fact that we were going to talk about <laughs> we dating were, yeah. and story creation <laughs> for you. Yeah, but then I was like, I actually don't have any great stories yet about dating. I mean, I went on a one day as a single person, and and it was a Tinder date. And so you would ask me, you know, what was your fears, <laughs> and, and what was your, you know, your wildest dream. Um, and but it, it just doesn't feel like it has a lot of vibrance yet. So that is a story that you have done. Uh-huh. But you, you've told me that you're recently single, yes. right? Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. So what's to stop you from approaching dating as creating a story in the ah, same way that I just did? I get. I created a story. You can because one of the hard things about dating. I mean, we're not people who believe in I'm going to find the one mm-hmm. and settle down forever. Uh-huh. But we are looking for something. Yeah, and it's always it's dating stories are hilarious because of the mismatched yes. expectations, mm-hmm. especially if you meet on the internet. They have a vision of you. You have a vision of them. You meet, screech, yeah. break. <laughs> not what I thought I was getting at all, mm-hmm. which is the start of any good story. Mm-hmm. But what if instead of having it, I'm anxious, oh, my God, I'm going to meet this person, and they seem like this, and I hope I like them. Instead of approaching it like traditional dating, mm-hmm. what if you approached it like, I'm going to create a story? I like that. It's like a game. It's like a game. Yeah. Gamified dating. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go play the game and playing it with intention of creating a story instead of going into it blindly. I like that. It feels like there's more uh, controls the wrong word cuz it actually feels more like like there's more flow mm-hmm. available in it. And it also feels inspir- inspiring like because part of being in this single space right now is I'm in this very uh, protective space with my body. I'm doing a lot of work with my body, not body, but body <laughs> <laughs> around, um, you know, tolerance, sex, compliance, sex, caretaking, men, all these things where I'm just, so I'm in this like, all right, it's just me and my body. And like, I'm not going to let anyone fuck with this thing. Like if you, anyone that touches this body gets like anywhere close to it. Like I have very, very high standards. I'm going to be one high maintenance human and pussy and um part of that though is i feel like i'm getting in my own way i feel way. like i have a book in me high <laughs> maintenance pussy high maintenance pussy how to be a high maintenance pussy yeah but it's also i feel like i'm getting in my own way at times um because it's not a fun approach this approach that i have. dating is not fun <laughs> no but it has been i've had fun dating before yeah i've had some great times dating and it was when i was in this more free flow space and i didn't have big walls up mm-hmm. um and i think the walls are here for a reason but maybe they can be a part of my story yeah yeah how about instead of making it about whether you're gonna have sex mm-hmm. or whether you're going to be immediately attracted to each other and oh we're gonna move into this tempestuous thing test their sense of adventure mm. you know oh uh, like go like go like, on a wild adventure with them like let's yeah. go try this crazy thing that might be a disaster yeah oh you are going to because they're not going to be presenting their best self to you mm-hmm. that you are going to get to see how they roll with the punches mm-hmm. what their 
whether they're adventurous or not, you know, do you want to be with somebody who's meticulous and OCD and careful? Maybe that's not your jam. Mm -hmm. And that kind of person is not going to be the sort of person who's just like, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to tell you a lot about their personality and you can observe their personality without actually doing that thing over coffee where you go, I don't know, what do you do for a living? Yeah. No. Interviewing. is so Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be interviewing each other. Mm -hmm. You're going to go, Let's go make this thing happen together. Mm-hmm. And as a byproduct, you'll be attracted to each other. And that might be when you go, I'm throwing you in bed and having you because I like your brain. Yeah. You know, I the first thought that came to mind was uh, I, I really like uh, ecstatic dance. And I, used, and I used to have a weird thing about dance where... I went in when I was in junior high, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and we went to the first school dance of seventh grade. And my friends at the time were total mean girls. Like they were, you know, the hazing, just being total little evil young ladies. Um, and I love you all. Some of you are still my very close friends. Um, but they had this year of just like, let's pick on Amy because we're mean girls. And so I danced for the first time in a school dance, like in a group, in a circle. And I was dancing, and they all just pointed at me and laughed. And they're like, ha! Ah! me look stupid and it fucked with me mm-hmm. for, it really fucked with me for years you know that was when i was 13 or 14 that stayed with me until my mid to late mid 20s start to, to around around there. i started to work on it mean meaning not be in my head when i would every time i would dance i think everyone was looking at me and pointing at me in my early 20s and then uh, and then in my later 20s, when I started taking like MDMA and going to Burning Man, all these crazy places where I was like, oh, people don't give a fuck how they look, how they dance. So I'm going to go just do that. <laughs> but then I discovered, so I started to grow out of it and get more comfortable just, just this free flow, letting my body look ridiculous and not caring. But it was usually involved some sort of drugs or alcohol. And then I discovered ecstatic dance. And if you go to ecstatic dance, have you seen one before? Yeah. It, people, it, it's a wild show. It's a sober event. It's to all kinds of wild music, but people will look like primal animals in there. They, they, anything goes. You do whichever you're, because you're listening to your body and what your body wants to do. Um, and But it's it's edgy and people aren't used to it. They go in there and they're like, holy shit, what is this? But that would be a good adventure date with someone. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, hey, meet me at the coffee shop. We can meet each other. Okay, five minutes. Like, oh, what's your name? All right, we're going to this place. Yeah. Are you on board? Oh, you've never been here? Cool. Take your shoes off. Don't talk to me on the dance floor because that's one of the rules. And just get in there with all the wild monkeys. And I just watch them and see what happens. Science project. <laughs> I would advise you to probably give them some sort of heads up yes. rather than meeting them at the coffee house. Yeah. Well, the coffee house was like, I'm going to trick you and maybe you hear so maybe not trick them so i would tell them ahead of time that i'm going to but so i but then they might already say because how am i going to throw them the curveball uh you could do a little riddle (laughs) or you could do a little bit of um be open to experiment you know be Mm. open to experiences where you let your freak flag fly or something like like a hint like hinting okay give them give them a hint and then when you walk them in the door yeah and they go yeah not my jam or something like that you can go Bye. Uh, I'm going on the dance floor. Did you hear the clues? I gave you clues. You kind of got a heads up. And this was, a, for me, Mm -hmm. a test of somebody who has my same adventurous spirit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not a love connection for me, but I'm going to go dance now. (laughs) So if you want to come out there, come. But otherwise, bye. Because dating can be a big waste of time. Totally. You meet a lot of people, and then you're just like, so I get to a point there for a while where i was just like okay i got a mul- i got a multitask yeah i'm gonna meet him at the laundromat while i do laundry <laughs> <laughs> i want to see a movie we're gonna go to a movie together yeah. because i have things to do 
<laughs> and if you focus on the doing things yeah. and less on the, is this true love? Yeah. You have so much more fun. Yeah, I like that. And then it's not like, oh, I wasted my time or it was this awkward thing where we went out to the dinner or the the, the interview. It really is the interview. And then so many people uh, are constantly disappointed and that disappointment then further di- discourages them from the dating world and they get deeper in the story about why dating sucks. But you're saying, here's like, here's a whole new approach to it. Yeah, Don't make one, it around about traditional dating. Yeah. One of my favorite dates, probably the best date I ever went on, was uh, I put an ad on Craigslist that I said, I don't do the coffee thing. I don't do the interview thing. Mm-hmm. Propose the best adventure. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll see if it's something that we both want to do together and we'll do that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's less about, you know, your job and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, most of them were really lame attempts at adventure. And there was this one guy, Stephen, who, was, uh, who said, why don't we climb to the top of the Lefty O'Doul Bridge next to AT&T Park mm-hmm. and stand at the top and hold hands. And if we feel like it, we'll kiss it as, as we watch the sunrise or sunset, as we watch the sunset. And I went... Yeah, I'm not. I'm kind of landlocked. I'm not the kind <laughs> who climbs bridges. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I've done it before. It's easy. I'll help you. And it was like the best offer that I had, mm-hmm. even though I was like not particularly interested in that adventure. It was mm-hmm. like, have I done that before? No, mm-hmm. I should keep my mind open. The day before the date, I was very impressed with this. He went to scope out the lefty O'Doul bridge. And discovered that uh, Homeland Security had decided we were not climbing bridges anymore. <laughs> People are jumping and falling off the thing. <laughs> so we're not going to do that. So mm. we sat there kind of disappointed. I didn't want to climb a bridge, but I was like, well, that was the most adventurous pitch I got. Mm. You know. So he started saying, here's some other things we could do. We could get together and make homemade truffles. I'm like, is this because I'm fat? Mm. And he goes, uh, we could dress up really fancy and crash a super high-end cocktail party and like uh. and he just threw out some other ones that didn't sound as good and at a certain point when he said you know we crash a party i'm like oh you know what that reminds me one of my friends is having a birthday tomorrow night i probably should show up at his birthday party he goes okay we're gonna go to your friend's birthday party and he goes um we should make him a present together mm-hmm. like okay he goes what what can you tell me about your friend i'm like well his favorite color is orange and he's the founder of Monster Rokey Camp at Burning Man. <laughs> and everything is raw because he's a monster. And he goes, okay, great. I want you to show up at my house tomorrow at 7 p.m. directly to his door. Mm-hmm. I want you to bring a half a yard of orange fake fur mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just a couple of other things. And I'm like, and he didn't tell me what we were doing. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. And when I showed up, it was just like, hi, that's what you look like. Hi, that's what I look like. Mm-hmm. Let's make something. Mm-hmm. And it turned out he knew how to sew. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And he said, we are going to make a messenger bag for your friend made out of orange fake fur. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he makes it and lays it out. And we're hot gluing it. And he pulls out some reflective bicycle material. And he's like, and now we're going to cut out the letters. Rawr, put it on the side. We're going to mm-hmm. make up this really cool Burning Man bag. And I don't know how to sew. And I, but everything that he knows how to do perfectly, which should make me feel stupid, mm-hmm. somehow there'll be a gap in his knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you have something that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'll go, oh, but if we do the, if we write in ballpoint pen on the reflective material, the pen will show up. I'm like, glass cleaner will take that off. That'll be fine. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll wipe, you know, cut it out and all that kind of stuff. He goes, really? And it was just like, 
I felt dumb. I felt smart. I felt dumb. And it was just kind of like focused mm-hmm. on this thing, not like, not the interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, we finished it and looked good and the glue was drying. And he goes, now let's make truffles. And I'm like, again with the truffles? <laughs> Half the truffles. And we go in the kitchen and we get out the cocoa powder and the cream. And I've never made truffles. I'm not a cooker. And he's just showing me I how like to this do this guy, Bernie Man and Truffles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we start making like pounds of truffle. He's and putting you to work. He has a truffle business, you know. <laughs> Unpaid labor. Yeah. We're standing in his beautiful kitchen in the mission with the, you know, like late afternoon sun. I'm learning how to make truffles. I'm having a good time. I'm not thinking about whether my hair looks good, mm. whether all the things that you do on dating, you know. And we get to the end of the truffle making that he's shown me perfectly. And then he takes wax paper and he's got to cut out in little squares and he goes, now we're going to wrap up the truffles. And he takes it and he puts the truffle in the middle of it and he just takes his hand and closes it like a flower. Mm. And then, of course, it goes open. And I'm like, you don't think that's actually going to hold that in, do you? Mm. And I show him how to do it like saltwater taffy. And he goes, oh, that's a great idea. Like, how can you be so smart and not know these super basic things? Yeah. But, you know, I show him how to do that. He mm-hmm. shows me how to make truffles. We put five pounds of truffles in the orange raw bag. Wow. And by this point, it's like 1030. And he goes, we should get to this birthday party, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. And we show up. And everybody's like, Dixie, where have you been? And I'm like, this is Steven. We made this for the birthday boy. As a present together on our first date tonight. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? Mm. And they're telling the story and they're eating the truffles. Mm. And people start swarming me and I lose him in the crowd. Mm. And I feel bad because I want to take, resp- you know, mm. I, he's my guest. Yeah. And he totally disappears as people start talking to him. You made truffles. These are homemade, asking him questions and stuff like that. He's gone to the other side of this room that has this hundred and some people in this mm. party. He comes back 20 minutes later and catches me. Behind me, he whispers in my ear, I don't know a single person at this party. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. <laughs> Which is me. Wow, yeah. That's totally me. Uh, like, mm-hmm. if I'd have asked them as a question, I wouldn't have learned that. Yeah. We ran around, talked to strangers for the longest time. Eventually, we plopped down on a couch next to each other. And I said, I want to go out on a date with you again. And he mm-hmm. goes, I want to go out on a date with you again. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. Oh, my God. I just figured out the title of this podcast episode. What? It's going to be the best dating advice you ever receive. Or like <laughs> the best dating advice ever. Something along those lines. <laughs> and with body storytelling, it's going to be a big hit. I can already tell. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that, body storytelling is the best first date you will ever go on. I know. Yeah. And it's, yes, to go to body storytelling. But the, I love this had this natural flow into this uh, advice. I mean, obviously it was like, how are you, you know, you have storytelling, what it can do for you in the process and, and witnessing. And then there's this dating advice on how to, that is related to the storytelling that I, I'm finding absolutely brilliant. And I want to go on that date and I want to be a truffle guy <laughs> and I want to get more creative with these things. And now I'm actually excited about dating. Dixie, you just gave me therapy. <laughs> and I, now I get to say I'm a dating coach. Yeah, you're a dating coach. I'm Amy's dating coach you're now. You're my dating Woo-hoo! coach. Everyone, if you want Dixie to be your dating coach. Oh, my God. I love this. All right. Well, I you need to run to Eugene, also known as not running, driving. Yeah, um, I'm leaving Six Geek Summer Camp and headed back to San Francisco. But I, it's yes. been 90 degrees here, so I'm spending yeah. the night in a hotel tonight. Yes, you're getting some AC, and I'm going to go down to the Naked Slip and Slime and burn my nipples off. Excellent. <laughs> I'm going to put some Uber Loop on 
ahead of time. I'm going to give you my phone number so you can send me a picture of a burnt <laughs> nipple while I'm laying in an air-conditioned bed going, Sucker! Miss that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks for you. Will you tell our listeners again uh, where about where to find your podcast, what your website, all the things, how they can find you? Um, I know that they have a lot of questions. And then you're offering too because you do coaching. Yes. yes. Uh, I do story coaching. Apparently, I do dating coaching. Yes, now. you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for anything that involves storytelling and dating is storytelling. I love it. Um, on Twitter, I'm Body B A W D Y. Instagram, Body Storytelling. Face t- Facebook, Body Stories. I'm pretty much Body Storytelling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, podcast. You can find us on any of the platforms, and we're weekly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like you guys. And Body Storytelling. Body Storytelling. dot com will have your upcoming events mm-hmm. and all of your information. Your podcast is there. All everything, and now and you're a dating coach. Yeah, and now I'm a dating coach. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm working on touring in the fall, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to bring it to some new cities. So if Ooh. you're in a city who needs dating coaching yeah. or live sex and storytelling, uh-huh. um, yeah, let me know. Dixie at BaldyStoryTelling.com. Mm, Dixie, you're awesome. I'm so glad I got to meet you. So much this fun. was so much fun. It was super fun. Yeah, I love Sex Geeks Summer Camp. All right, everyone. Well, I'm sure you love this. Go check out the Body Storytelling podcast as well as the events. I live in Santa Cruz. I just realized I can come to one of your events in San Francisco, and I'm really excited. And I hope I come to the ones with the super fucked up games. That sounds fun. Um, the super super fucked up games. I'm working on okay. some new games like Fistorama. <laughs> uh, trying to make that one work. Um, if you, do you ever come to Folsom Street Fair? Uh, I'm hoping to go this year. I mean, I've been before. Yeah. So we're going to do Body the Night of Folsom oh, Street yes, Fair. Oh yes, you told me that. And oh, we'll have the games and everything I out then too. All of it. Oh, you know that's going to be a super fucked up body. Super story. fucked up. <laughs> and I'm a yeah. big fan of that. <laughs> the more fucked up, the better. All uh, right, everyone. Uh, so before we close out, well, we were not drinking wine today, and I was telling Dixie the April I normally drink wine. Dixie was actually putting. What did you put in your mouth to make it? Uh, Oh, I was putting aquaphor in your mouth to make it more. Oh, I was yeah. putting it on, on my. Te- I was putting it on my teeth yeah. to keep from making mouth sounds. Yes. I'm not sure I achieved it, but I tried because you know, camp 90 uh, degrees I dehydrated. Like and I was saying we don't usually do that because we just drink wine, which actually does dehydrate us more. But we're drinking wine usually when we record the whole podcast. Once again, April's not here. I hope to bring her to Sex Geek Summer Camp next year. But when you listen to us, you normally hear that we are drinking Margins wine. It's our favorite wine. Uh, it's in Santa Cruz, and it's made by a woman-owned and operated business from underrepresented grapes from underrepresented regions go check it out that's the name of my new band underrepresented grapes <laughs> i would go to that show uh, go to marginswine.com sign up for her newsletter and you'll know why we love 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 her wine uh, and rate us on itunes we love five star reviews but if you hate us we understand but hopefully after this episode you won't because you just got the best dating advice ever oh this this is definitely yeah. a five-star podcast yes. they should immediately write and don't just give them five stars Ooh. you want to write them a review yeah. about why you because people read your they reviews, like reviews yeah. and it makes them go of all the podcasts out there which one do i want to listen to yeah this that person one. recommended them and wrote out why they liked it yeah and then people find your podcast yep. and you've helped we, we appreciate it reviews uh yeah testimonials reviews all of the things itunes uh and i don't know does google play do reviews too i'm not sure but I, itunes is what really helps us it makes us more searchable um uh, with that said i love you all and as april would say oh thank you dixie uh, you're awesome april would say that april would say yeah april would say thank you dixie and then april would also say ciao for now don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps 
at purepleasureshop.com.